Good morning. Good to see all of you. You got a lot of things to say before I have a lot of things to say. I think most of you have met my sister-in-laws from my previous wife, Katie, and I think you've met my daughter, Leah, and her husband, Billy, so we're glad to have them here. That takes care of one thing to do. That song, Kathy always tries to. What number was that again, honey? Remember? Anyway, one of the lines in it talks best about what we're going to be speaking about this morning. Take your Bibles. Let's start there. Turn to Romans chapter 12. We have been dealing for some time on the subject of the assets of the believer's bank, heavenly bank account. In other words, what are the things that we have as God's people that we possess that comes out in our daily life that is pleasing to God. Romans chapter 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That kind of goes along with that song, Set My Soul to Fire. Mm -hmm. That's what it's talking about. You know, it would be good as God's people if we could live as if the Lord was walking right along beside us all the time. Everywhere we go, whatever we're doing, whatever we're thinking. But I have a news flash. He goes one better than that because he walks with us. Yeah. He's not along beside us so much as he is within us if we're God's people. In John chapter 14, verse 15. That chapter begins, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Now, down in verse 15, 
He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the Lord cannot receive, the world cannot receive, because he seeth him not. Neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come unto you. So, when he says there, present your bodies a living sacrifice, he wants us to give ourselves to the Lord, no matter what we're doing and where we're at. Let me say, if you don't have the right view of God, you'll never know the right way to live before God and man. Yeah. If you have a little God, then you're going to have a little witness and a little faith. Amen. And if you don't have the right view of God, then God is not going to receive his proper honor. And man, that is, those who God created, whether saved or lost, will puff ourselves up and see himself or see ourselves to be as God. You may ask the question, and if you don't, I'll ask it for you. How does man see himself as God? How is it that we see ourselves as God? Let's think about the attributes of God. God is immutable. That means he doesn't change. Mm -hmm. Unchangeable. So what does man do? He says, I'll do it my way. In other words, I'm not going to change. Isn't that how we are sometimes? We know what God wants, but we got our agenda. You know, I know your commandments, Lord. I think my, uh, my way works better. If there's change needed, leave that to me. I'll take care of it. We might say, God, I know I should seek you often more so than I do through the day. But I'm pretty busy right now. I'm pretty busy right now. We may not say that, but don't we think that sometimes? I prayed this morning, Lord. It may have been a 30-second or a 30-minute prayer. <clears throat> Often repeating the same words that we Pray all the time when we pray. Void of humility. It's just kind of a practice prayer so we can say we've, we've, we've met God this morning and, and we're going on with our life. You know, I think he says God. With man, God is a is the usual title of address, not Lord. 
how you address the Heavenly Father says a lot about you. Yeah. Now I've used God, and so have you. <clears throat> Lord reveals a clearer understanding of the person of God when you say Lord. Because when you say Lord, you're admitting that you're He's the master and you're the servant. To use the word God, it seems to be a more impersonal title of our Heavenly Father. But as Brother Jackson used to say over uh, south side, he said, God has a name. And that is Lord. And for those of us who want to please God, we, I think that's the proper thing, way. Lord, that word Lord in the uh, Hebrew Old Testament means self-existent. God's always been. Mm -hmm. There was a time when we were born, but God's always been. He is self-existent. He's eternal. Never. Has there been no God. The true God. Amen. It's the word Jehovah. It refers to deity and sovereignty. So how do we see ourselves as God? Well, we, we think we don't need the Lord. Don't we think that we can get along without God? You say, no, I don't think that. Well, you, maybe the actions speak louder than words. It may be evident by how little we seek the Lord in the day-to-day -day affairs of life. Yeah. Has it ever changed with human beings? Has there ever been a time when they were better than they are now? Genesis 6, 5 says, it says, And God saw the wickedness of man, that includes all men, was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the heart, thoughts of his heart, was only evil continually. That means all the day. I didn't say that, God did. And I might think, oh no, God, that's not me. Well, God says, Oh man, I saw the wickedness of man. Let me see if this is where I want to use this verse. Psalm 10 and verse 4 says, The wicked. That's the natural man, and even we, when we, uh, not putting the Lord like we should, we, we have wicked, we're wicked way, our wicked way. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. I'm guilty of that a lot of times. Mm -hmm. 
So the wicked suppress the truth of God, that there is a God. In Romans 1, verse 18. It says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all, all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness or who suppress the truth. Who suppress the truth of God's word. In other words, they, by their, by their thoughts, the, the lack of maybe not dwelling upon God, they're saying there is no God. The wicked are incapable of loving the truth in their unrighteous state. Before God saves you, you are incapable of loving what God says. Every time you hear it, you'll despise it. Because it rebuke your conscience. Whereas believers, if you're saved this morning, are justified or made righteous by the faith in Christ. And so we, we love him because he first loved us. In our study so far of Romans chapter 12, 1 through 2, we have examined the scripture as it pertains to the words be transformed. It says there in Romans 12, mm -hmm. I beseech you therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove as a good and acceptable perfect will of God. We looked at that word transformed first. Be transformed. And I give the illustration of the caterpillar and the butterfly. When the caterpillar or the worm, that's what it is, goes in, he gets on a leaf and he, he weaves a cocoon. And when he weaves that cocoon, and he's in that, uh, that cocoon that he's weaved, then that butterfly, or that worm begins to die. And as that worm dies, ceases to exist, there's a beautiful butterfly that comes out. That word transformed is the word metamorpho. That's what happens in that cocoon. There's a metamorphosis. The worm dies. And a beautiful butterfly is presented. Remember the verse someplace, I don't know where I'm just, Thou worm Jacob. When God was talking to Jacob. Thou worm Jacob. Job speaks somewhere of the man, I may have the verse here, I'll come to it later, about man being as a worm. Only way we can change is if God changes us. Right. He said, be you transformed. Now today, we're going to see how we're transformed. How is that, tra what, how does that transformation take place? Well, as the word, 
metamorpho implies you, you must die. You must, the self must die. What you want must die. What I'd like to do today must die. I know we have things to do in this life. Pay bills, work, go to the grocery store and all those things, doctor's office. But above all that, the Lord must be in our heart and mind to direct us wherever we go. So let's look at this term expression this morning. It says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's the positive, isn't it? It goes on to say, uh, Hold except on the God which you read and serve, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and prove what is good, acceptable, perfect will of God. The Apostle Paul here is referring, when he says, Present your bodies a living sacrifice, referring to the Levitical offerings, obligatory in the Old Testament, the way of things. Charles Spurgeon makes a statement. Present your bodies now, a living sacrifice. He says, genuine spiritual mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, for sin is the work of the Holy Spirit. I can't produce that. God has to make me sorry when I fail him. Yeah. Repentance is the... Uh, uh, he said, too, too choice a flower to grow in nature's garden. Man can't repent by nature. John 3, 6 says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. You can't say you hate sin if you're living in it. If a little child gets around a, 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 a flame and, and, and burns his hand, he's going to have a dread of that fire and that flame every time he sees it. And because of the Spirit of God within us as believers, we hate sin. Because of the experience of it. Sin in my life. If I recall the, some things that I've experienced and been guilty of. Caused me great heartache. It says present your body as a living sacrifice. The word present means to stand beside. Uh, it's, it's the word paraclete. It comes from the word paraclete. You know, para means to stand beside, like a parachute or present means to, to recommend yourself to God. When he says present yourself to God, it means to recommend yourself to the Lord by the work of Christ. So Paul 
begins that saying, present yourself a living sacrifice. And he's, he's referencing the Old Testament way of the sacrifices that were to be made. It required a living animal without spot or blemish, if you recall the Old Testament offerings, to be brought by an individual to the priest. He would then slay the living animal, shed its blood, sprinkle the blood as required by uh, uh, the commands of God, sprinkling all the tabernacle things there and then sprinkling on the individual himself. The one bringing the sacrifice. So it was as a type an acceptable sacrifice for sin. Nothing else can take away our sin but the blood of Christ. Let me read you some verses. And don't take my word for it. Romans chapter 5. I have to watch my time. Sometimes I forget. And he really has to pull me off of here. Romans 5 verse 9 says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, not by our good works, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Ephesians chapter 1. And verse 5. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Over in Mark, chapter 14, and verse 24. This is Christ speaking there that uh, he was observing the supper took the cup, verse 23, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. He said to them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. The old worm's dead. Verse 4, skip down there. But God, who is rich in mercy by his great love, wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath made us set together with, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Then the age is coming, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you being time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, but that which is called incircumcision, in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, that is, before you were saved, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. 
For he is our peace who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall partition between us. That's right. Colossians 1, one more verse and we'll move on. Verse 12 and verse 14. 1, 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. <clears throat> Slaves in the Old Testament as God's were, people were in the days of Moses, owned nothing. Not even their bodies. For their Egyptian masters owned their bodies. So they did what their masters commanded them to do. And they may have been reluctant to do it. They may not have wanted to do it. But it would have been in my rest of interest if they did, to say the least. Here in Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, we are asked to present our bodies willingly to God's service. Present your body is meant to say give all. The body there, it, it, it speaks of the whole man, body, soul, and spirit, I believe. And that is your mind. You will present your body, everything you have to the Lord. That Levitical offering was slain back in that Old Testament way of thing. Now we have life because Christ died for us. He took our place and died before us, so we have a better life. We were dead in sin and then quickened to life. As we present our bodies, we become living sacrifices. The Father ordained the perfect sacrifice out of love. Christ had then became the perfect sacrifice as an obedient son. Hmm. Hebrews 2.10 I'm not going to get done, but I never do. Anyway, Hebrews 2.10. says there, For it became him, as speaking of Christ, for whom of all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. He shed his blood on Calvary. 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he, as Christ has made, or God hath made him to be sin, he, God, hath made him son, the Son to be sin for us. He who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Mm -hmm. So here in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, Paul is inviting the believer to give all of himself to God for his glory. 
as we go on in this, and we won't finish it today, we will see that the word, the word present appears elsewhere to learn more of its meaning. Now the presenting of ourselves is not to be understood to mean a propitiatory sacrifice to God. Christ did that. It's not a, it's not a propitiatory sacrifice. Right. It says not by works of righteousness which we have done. We can believe that's a work of righteousness. We may have good works, baptism, Lord's Supper, all those things. Will not save us. Amen. Christ earned salvation by shedding his blood. We appropriate salvation by believing mm -hmm. that his shed blood was remitted personally for our sins. Right. Hebrews 9.22 says, And almost all things are purged by the law, or by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. Amen. Romans 4. Verse 1. 3. three. What shall we say then that Abraham our father is pertaining to the flesh hath found? Was it any different in the Old Testament? Were they saved another way? For if Abraham were justified by works... He hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. And that, and it was counted for righteousness. That faith was counted for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is a reward not reckoned of grace, but is dead. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. When we observe the Lord's Supper, we're reminded of that. Luke chapter 22, verse 1 there it says, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. So it goes on and reads through that chapter up in verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread when the Passover must be killed. And he sent Peter and John, that is Christ, saying, Go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. They said unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare? And he said unto them, Behold, when you are entered the city, there shall be a man in, uh, meet you, bearing a pitcher of water, follow him into the house wherein he entereth. Say so unto, unto the good man of the house, the master saith unto thee, Where is the guest chamber where I shall be, eat the Passover with my disciples? Now down in verse 20, uh, in 19 it says, And here's Christ observing at supper. And he took the bread and gave it, gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. But behold, 
the hand of him that betrayeth me is that is on the table. No, he said, okay, verse 20. And likewise also the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood, which is shed for you. Luke, Romans 6, 13. I'll skip a few verses here and then I got to close. Romans 6, 13. says, Neither yield you your members as instruments of righteousness. Remember what we're talking about presenting our bodies. Neither yield ye your members as servant instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield your serfs unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That word there, yield, is the same Greek word as present your body as a living sacrifice in Romans 1.21. When Mary and Joseph brought the body of the baby Jesus, there in Luke 2.22, says, And when the days of her purification, according to the law, as Mary and Moses were accomplished, they brought him, as baby, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. To present him to the Lord. There's that word present. Romans 6.13 when Paul says yield yourselves to God. He is saying stand beside God and all that he says to do and in that way you, rem you commend yourself to God. Be obedient to what he says. Our uh, bodies yielded to God become weapons of righteousness to Him. Neither yield your members again, back there in Romans 6.13, we'll close. Your members as instruments of righteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That word means a weapon. A, a, a child of God who's living as he should, their body's just like a weapon. Think about that. In this world, to fight against sin. So presenting our bodies to close, if it be of God, must include a mourning for sin and certainly must include repentance. Spurgeon also said in his quaint way of putting things, repentance is too choice a flower to grow in nature's garden. I think I just read that. That was born of the flesh is flesh. No man can say he hates sin if he lives in it. So we'll close for that. And God bless his word. Is this mine? Leah, Kathy, is this mine? Yeah, that's yours. Okay. Uh, we'll have a break till 11 o'clock.